Hey, Fellowship Asheville, welcome to uh, the ConvoCast, where we hope to inspire you with stories of what God is doing in and through the people of Fellowship Asheville. And in particularly in season three, what we're doing is we are highlighting the, the missionaries, the missions, and the organizations that uh, are that we support through Fellowship Asheville. So it's where your time and and money and uh, resources go to these organizations. In this episode, you'll notice there's uh, quite a few uh, faces on here. And if you're listening, you'll hear quite a few voices because we have a really unique opportunity. In the last episode, uh, you got to meet uh, Andrew and Matt Jones from Bold Hope. And since that interview, we have had a team go with Bold Hope to the Dominican Republic. And we thought, gosh, wouldn't it be great to have that team on a convo cast right after Matt and Andrew talked about Bold Hope so that you can hear not only what the organization is like, Bold Hope, but what it's like to, to be on the ground in a foreign country working with them. And so I wanna introduce you to this team uh, that went to, this is a part of the team that went to the, the Dominican Republic with Bold Hope. And so if y'all would just, just go around and describe a bit about who you are to those who are watching and listening. I'll start it off. Uh, name's Donald Fondren, been in Asheville about 15 years now, longtime member of Fellowship. Um, have three beautiful kids and even more beautiful wife and uh, love what God's doing. I'll go next. Uh, my name's Amy. I get to be the Connections Director here at Fellowship Asheville, and part of that is overseeing our serve value of missions and all the things that you're learning about here during the Comicast Season 3. Um, I have a husband, Brian, uh, and two really fun boys, Noah and Micah. 13 now for Noah, and Micah is 10, and we have a sweet old dog, um, Moses, who is sitting right beside me right now. Um, and I've been with Fellowship since we started as members of that and then came on staff in 2015. Hey everybody, uh, I'm Andrew Neighbor. I'm the student ministry director here at Fellowship Asheville and uh, I have attended fellowships since 2013, 2014 or so and I have been on staff since January 2020. Hi, I'm Mary Catherine Tennant. I am born and raised in Asheville, was gone for 31 years, moved back six years ago been at Fellowship for about, trying to decide, three and a half, four and a half years. Um, I am an office manager for a lumberyard and am a dog mom. I live with my 89-year-old mother, who is incredibly active and busy all the time. Hi, I'm Ben Wehab. Uh, moved back to Asheville from the Charlotte area, but I'm really familiar with the Asheville area. I just now started going to, uh, to Fellowship Asheville about, uh, I guess, six or so months ago, it was in April. Um, yeah, and uh, just, I guess, kind of mountain man-ish, that's all I got to say about that. I don't have a wife or a dog, but uh, would, yeah, would like a dog and maybe a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Well, I'm, I'm curious, an, another question for everyone to answer. Um, why did you say yes to this trip? What, what, what made you say yes to going to the Dominican Republic? I said yes to it because the last trip that I went on was so impactful for me that the, when I tried to go the next time, it got canceled. And the next time after that got canceled in this past time. So when this came up, I'd had a solid three years of praying 
about the next step. And I want to do some more positive outreach. And so I jumped on this one as, as fast as I could. I'm along with um, Donald was uh, three years waiting, cancellations and changes. Missions have been on my heart for many, many years. And I know that in some shape, way or form, it's been God's plan for me to do missions. So this, um, this is my start. Um, for me, it's, it's interesting, right? Because this was originally a trip to Haiti. And um, frankly, and it was originally a medical trip too. And so both of mm -hmm. those things terrified me. Uh, I really was not looking forward to either of those things, but I felt like God was calling me to go. And so I, uh, I said yes. And then, uh, you know, the trip changed as it got closer. So, Ben, what about you? Or Amy, how about you? We'll wait for Ben to turn sure. on the mic. <laughs> um, so like mine's kind of dual purposes. One, I had been on a mission trip before back in Nicaragua and it had been a while. Um, I can't remember when that was. It's been a while for us. Um, mm -hmm. But two, like part of my job is I get to lead these things. Um, and I had been praying throughout the last two years um, of God, when do we go back? Uh, when is it time to take a team back to Haiti? And um, during 2020, it just didn't feel right. Um, there was a lot going on, COVID, travel, everything was up in the air, as we all know. Um, but I continue to talk with Andrew Jones um, from Bold Hope. And this March 2021 trip came up. And it was a medical trip, which we had done before with them. And it was supposed to go to Haiti. Um, so really just praying through, like, Lord, when do we take fellowship people back? And long story short, um, we had planned that, but we planned a Haiti trip with a plan B to the Dominican Republic. And during the summer, it was clearly made that we are not to go to Haiti because of just really sad, tragic things that are happening there. It's not safe to go. So it was a like, all right, let's go to, to the DR. Um, so really, that's my why I've been waiting for this. And it's it's time. So it was good to get to go. That's great. Thanks, Amy. Okay, Ben, that's your shot. What made you say yes to this trip? Yeah, so missions is a, uh, a big deal for me. And I appreciate that about Fellowship Asheville, that you guys support missions. And um, so when I heard you guys were doing the trip, and it, I think it occurred, like, maybe not long before I started attending Fellowship, it was like, okay, this is, um, this is a good, this is a good chance to get to get in on a, on a mission trip. Because um, I think things have just started opening up for the pandemic. And so, yeah. So, yeah, missions is a, uh, I've got a big heart for missions. So, yeah, yeah. To support, to do whatever I can. So, yeah. Yeah, Ben, I, I remember because it was like the second or third week that you had visited Fellowship Asheville. You signed up and said yes to go. And we were like, Who, who's this Ben guy? You know, like I've met him, but he's going on this trip. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so so that's great. Now, Amy, um, part of the purpose of doing this Convocast, too, is, is the, you know, the team stood up on Sunday um, uh, and, and gave a little bit of a snippet into what this trip meant to them. And I wanted to do this Convocast to do a deeper dive into that for folks. Uh, so they could kind of, you know, just better understand what the trip was like in the DR. And and y'all mentioned something on Sunday when you did the the debrief in front of the church. Um, you mentioned the term corporate slavery. 
and and how bold hope is working to help uh alleviate that and to move people out of that system there can you unpack that for us a little bit because that seems like a really um it just needs some explanation so can you tell us what you meant by that or what was meant by that yeah i will do my best um to to communicate what i was taught because i had never heard of that before going Mm -hmm. um so our heart has has been for haiti and has been for a while um with why that's where we started with bold hope as everyone can learn about in the last combo cast Um, So what I learned while there is that there is a lot of hopelessness in Haiti, which is appropriately so. Um, For instance, um, in Haiti, there's not free education. In Haiti, it's, you may live in like, um, let's say like a, not a roof house. um, It may just be a tarp over yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are in, in, it's also in a very violent place in Haiti. Donald's been there, so he could probably talk a lot more, but I'll give a better snippet um, or a a snippet of that. So a lot of people are hopeless and they're like, okay, if we just cross the border, maybe there's hope there. Um, Maybe there's hope in the Dominican where maybe I may not have much hope, but maybe my kids or my kids' kids can have hope. And what I mean by that is in the Dominican Republic, they provide free education for at least kindergarten through, or they provide free education for kindergarten through 12th grade. So just getting an education is a big thing that the Dominican Republic um, attracts the Haitians to. Um, Another thing is if they move over to the Dominican Republic, a lot of the Haitians are in the communities called Batays. And Batays are where we served primarily. Um, There's also a different place we served, Autovia, and it's kind of like the next step. But in these Batays, and that's really where you see this like modern day slavery, and where I learned a lot. Haitians will move across the border to come and live in these batets, um, whether it's one family member, multiple, the whole family, who knows. Um, and in these batets, they're literally in the center of a big sugarcane field. So just think yeah. of like one road, sugarcane field, or one road, village, sugarcane field all around. Okay. Um, and these sugarcane fields are owned and operated by big corporate folks, um, organizations. So they'll hire the Haitians to come over and cut sugarcane all day long. And um, so like some of these men, I talked to three different men in Batebrador with the translator and they had left early that morning by five, 5.30 in the morning. Um, some rode their horses, some had to get transportation to where they needed to go work that day. That costs money. Um, so they're out super early, 5.30, they're gone all day. They may be back between six and seven, even in the mm-hmm. evening. So they're working the sugarcane fields all day long. They might get $1 or $2 a day um, in whatever equivalent that is in, Haitian, in Dominican money. Mm-hmm. But just basically just think $1 or $2 a day. Well, um, and they can start really young as well. So there's not that there's um, children, like young children with the, them working, but it can be very young. So when they move to these batets, the good thing is they get free housing. Um, So they're in housing and they do get free education. Um, Some of these that get education are there in the batet. And then Mm -hmm. like say your middle school and high school might be a couple miles away or even further away. So it takes money to even transport 
to get from the batay to the school. Mm. So a lot of these folks aren't continuing their education, um, which is really sad. Um, mm. And that doesn't really give it even justice. Um, I'm just saying minor words for that. Mm. So they come in these batays, they get super underpaid. They can't meet their bills for what is just basic needs of life, like nutrition, uh, medical needs, water. Although the batay that we were, there was one well, one well pump with a water spigot, but it mm-hmm. may or may not come on twice a day. May or may not come on. Mm. Um, but say they need formula, for instance, there was one mom who needed formula for various reasons. Um, she could ask the folks there in the corporate for products and then just go into more and more debt. Like say mm. the best wording I could explain it to is like it's a store per se. So they're getting paid a dollar, $2 a day, they're getting free housing and free education, but then they're going into debt over and over and over again for just basic supplies that they need. So these, the large sugar king corporate fields owners are just making more and more money and they're getting more and more debt, which is mm. really, they're just stuck. Yeah. Um, and then to quickly kind of wrap that part up, um, in the Dominican Republic, if you're born and you heard me say this on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, you may or may not get a birth certificate. You may get a piece of paper that says, okay, I was, I'm a female born alive. I'm a male born alive. That's it. Um, For them to really be able to get jobs where people see them as valuable, they need a birth certificate and that costs a lot of money. So there's a lot of folks in these vitaes who don't even own a birth certificate. So what Bold Hope is doing through the child sponsorships and through their work is helping these children get their birth certificate so that the, the culture in general of the Dominican Republic no longer has this racial injustice um, mm-hmm. of just seeing them as workers. They can then see them as like, okay, they are valuable to our society um, and they can move to the city eventually someday to get jobs that is makes it more even than folks going into the into yeah. debt over and over and over. Team, does that? So does, yeah, that's that great. That's summary. great. So does Bold Hope specifically and consistently work with the Haitian refugees that are there? Is that kind of their target, yeah. their target yeah. ministry yeah, so point there? Yeah, yeah. So really the Bates are kind of their point um, of doing ministry and they're working with mm-hmm. local pastors to identify um, some of the Bates that are the the most needy um, and they're doing that really intentionally. So working through local pastors and outreaching to these, to these communities and really investing in them. They're there um, one or two times a week. I think that for Tabor door, they're saying they're, they were there once a week. We were there for a couple days that week. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious uh, just by a show of hands, how many of you had been to the Dominican Republic before this trip? Okay, so if you're listening, not one single hand was raised. So, so, so I would imagine uh, there was a learning curve. What, what, what's something that that you learned while you're in the DR? And so, so this is the part where not everybody has to answer this. Just, just answer if, uh, if you, if you uh, have, if you feel led to. If there's something you want to say, but, but what did you? Yeah, what did you? What did you learn when you're in the Dominican Republic? Um, following up on what Amy's talking about the modern day slavery of people by big corporations is real. And that I knew it was, I'd heard about Mm -hmm. it. I didn't have never seen it. 
Mm. So that was something I specifically learned about the Dominican. That's great. Thanks, MC. Who else? Um, I learned, you know, going to the Dominican Republic that a, a little different from Haiti is there's multiple languages and the language barrier there is pretty significant. Uh, not very well in Spanish or Creole. Um, but what I learned from that is that even though there's that language barrier, mm-hmm. the people there that we were helping were patient, they were kind, they were willing to listen and help. And they were really helping me as much as I was trying to help them due mm-hmm. to the fact that they were just open to everything. I had to repeat and point and do things. But the main thing I learned is that, you know, they're a hopeful people and, and, mm-hmm. and Haiti hope is something they don't come by. I mean, people hope to have hope one day in Haiti. And mm. even though they're in the Bates, to them, you know, that's like Amy said, that's housing and sometimes water. And that's the best they can do. And they're just happy and they're on fire for God and they want to know more. And so that's that was the biggest thing that I learned is that even in the worst circumstances, they were extremely happy, extremely open hearted and available for everything. And they taught me as much as I taught them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Donald. Ben, did you have something you wanted to say too? Thought I saw you. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, like we, the, the Haitians obviously were not, they're having a hard time, but it just seemed to me like not, there wasn't really any, any wealth there really. No one really is wealthy there. It seemed like to me. Um, but yeah, like Donald was saying, there's still like a lot of different, cultures there that are kind of colliding like well it's languages really um spanish and um so it seemed to me like rich culturally um but yeah like still really not not wealthy at all um mm. uh, yeah i guess there's a lot so of fruit a, there. yeah that's a great way to put it rich culturally but not wealthy yeah 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 andrew yeah yeah, I actually thought it was it was kind of interesting, right? Because I've I've been on a few different trips. I've, I've gone to Argentina, I've been to Ukraine, I've been to Kenya, and now the Dominican Republic. And like, it certainly wasn't the richest country I've ever been to, but it definitely wasn't the poorest either. Like out, mm-hmm. outside of the Bates, I think just, you know, because um, we, we stayed at a, a hotel that was actually owned by an Italian dude. And, um, and, and it was it was it was actually nicer than I thought it would be. And it, it, everything, you know, at where we were staying was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, you could tell sort of in the town of La Romana, which we drove through to get to um, Bates, that there was, it wasn't like completely awful dirt poor like the Bates, but it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, America at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 thanks. Thanks, Andrew. I'm, I'm curious what so that's what y'all learned about the Dominican Republic. What did you learn about yourself in the midst of this? Well, I can start. Um, I am a planner, and gosh, <laughs> which goes great COVID. on mission trips. Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, even leading this team before we left, it was um, before we went, it was like, okay, we're going to Haiti, all right, we're doing this medical trip, and this is what it looks like. And then it was like, and God's like, nope, you're gonna do something different, so just let go. And I like, it was, it was such a, like, I literally had to have the posture of this mm. of no more like clenched fist holding onto the plan, but it was like this. And I had to lead the team to be like, all right, God has got us. 
we're all called to do this and let's let him lead us to whatever it is he wants us to experience. And like, I know that I hear it. I've said it to other people, but I experienced it in ways that I'd never experienced Mm. before. And even when we got there, like sometimes plans didn't go as we thought, Uh, like we didn't get the house painted like we thought. And we tried, we even went back Um, and it was okay. Like I just had to learn that it's okay that plans don't go the way that I think they should go. And that sounds so small, but for you that know me, like that's really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. I always say the, the, the three characteristics that make a good mission trip and a good missionary and a good participant on a mission trip, the, the three character qualities are, are to, to be flexible, um, to be able to flex, um, let's see, flex, flexibility, and what's the other one? Flex, flexibility. Flex, flexible, and flexibility. And yes, yes, yes. Yeah, flex, that's what you flexible, taught me. I and taught flexibility. Them. Yes, yeah. yes. Flex, flexible, and flexibility. Those are the three. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, what, who else? What else did you learn about yourself? And thanks for that, Amy. Uh, I'll go. I learned that you know I have a lot more that I'm willing to give, and not enough time to do it. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. second trip kind of solidified the fact of how much I do want to be involved and want to help. Um, and that just being there and helping them really opened up my eyes to myself as far as patience and kindness and understanding towards people that are completely opposite of where I am. You know, I have a house, a car, 401k, all that. And I really have to stay humble and not take that for granted because there are people out there that um, not necessarily wish they had that, but that don't have it. And that would be better off if they did. And so, yeah, what I learned is that there's a lot of patience that I need to give and uh, a lot more help. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Donald. Uh, let's take one more. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I learned so much on this trip and like, I, one of the, the things just about these experiences is like, I was, um, I don't know. I felt like I was at my emotional red line, like the entire trip. Like I just felt completely mm. overwhelmed with just everything that was happening and that I was seeing and that I was experiencing uh, both in like just the group dynamics of, of people on the trip. Cause y'all, we weren't the only ones there. There were other people that um, we met and got to know who we were serving alongside who were there like on our short-term trip, in addition to the missionaries who were there long-term. And mm-hmm. um, I, I love people. I love meeting new people, but it, it's it's so much. And then all of that, and then dealing with like the, the poverty and, and just what we're seeing, I, I just, I felt almost overwhelmed every day. And, and just, mm-hmm. I guess, reacting to that in, in the moment. And um, I don't know, I feel like, just, just I'm going to be honest here, like part of it was, um, being just emotionally vulnerable with 20 strangers is, is uh, mm-hmm. a, a little bit terrifying and freeing. And I think through that process, I actually worked through a lot of um, grief, frankly, that I've been dealing with since uh, I lost mm-hmm. my mom in February. And, and so just, yeah, it, it's just a lot of emotional and th- things that I learned about myself and things that I know, and, you know, I'm going to do moving forward. So, Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Andrew. It's actually a great segue into another question that I wanted to ask. That emotional redlining—that's a—that's a great, a great phrase. I'm I'm sure there were some high points, and I want to talk about those. But since you brought it up, I'm I'm wondering, 
um, what were some of the moments that you experienced, like when you were having a bad day or a bad moment there, or, you know, Andrew, like you said, kind of hitting that emotional red line, um, what got you through? How, how did John navigate that? I know for me, you know, some days when I would get off the bus, um, I'd be anxious and just so excited to help. And then the little kids would run up and grab my hands and want me to hold them and carry them and do stuff. And it was so sad, but at the same time, so joyful. And I just kept in my mind that, you know, the Lord is really working here. And although it seems very sad to me, these kids are very happy. They're happy to see us. They're happy to spend time with us. And so that's what got me through is that I'm going to enjoy this time with them because it is limited and mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I didn't want to waller in my own self pity or anything like that because I wanted to be as happy as they were in that moment. So that it was like a, a validating thing for Jesus really, you know, just to show them that we're there and willing to, to be there. And so when I was very sad, you know, so to speak, I just thought about how happy we were making them. Mm -hmm. And that, that really kind of, boosted me up that we were able to have such an impact on so many people in such a short time. That's awesome. Thanks, Donald. Ben? So I was, uh, I think I, 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 I'm just going to talk about the, the points that I remember the most joy. And I think for me, that was just interacting with the, with the locals there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, there's a couple memories in my head of you know some of these kids and I remember their names and and just trying to talk to them as best as I could in, in Spanish or French or however much I knew of it <laughs> and um, and them you know and them just um being interested in me um uh, being interested in them and um and I just uh I think there was even one point where I I was even like um to it um how does it go? Tu tienes la vida. Do you have the life? Um, mm. And so, and it was, I just, it was like a huge breakthrough, breakthrough for me to be able to kind of like ask these kids if they know, if they know Jesus and, and they responded that they did. So I don't know. So these moments, so there's memories like that. I have, you know, and they, and they, they come and go in my mind as I'm thinking about them, but, but that's, that's where I experienced the most joy. And I mean, yeah. real joy, it's yeah. like fun and cute, but joy. And then um, I would say there was a low point too, but it was on the way home and it was like, ah, I'm going back to this life where, you know, where like people know me and like, they know my mistakes and stuff like this. And mm. so you know, I, but I, I would say, I would say getting through it for me was being able to just acknowledge that and maybe even share that with my coworkers in Christ. And, and I was thankful that they were able to kind of like relate in their own way um, to going back to, to real life. I get not, not, not that Dominican yeah. is not real life at all. That was, that was true life. And, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, I guess the, you know, the connection there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a neat phrase. I don't know that I've ever heard it phrased that way in Spanish. That tu tienes la vida, like, like, do you have the life? And and that people know what that means. I would imagine that echoes in your head quite often. You know, it's a great yeah. it's a great phrase. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what else? What let's transition from low points to high points. What what where did y'all experience great joy? 
Painting. Painting? Painting. Unpack painting that for me a little bit. You know, so <laughs> the if anybody knows me, especially my wife, they know the two things that I loathe on this planet are moving furniture and painting. Mm. And so when I got there, you know, they were like, we need people for this. We need people for that. Lists were filling up. And he said, hey, we need some people to paint. And I said, oh, man, it's going to be 150 degrees. and it's, I'm going to be outside. And I'm sitting there arguing with myself. My hand is raising. And I'm sitting there arguing with my hand like a little kid. Like, don't do, don't you do, get back down here. Get back to, <laughs> and before I know it, it's like, okay, great. Donald's painting. And so, you know, but the joy was as I was painting, I met so many people that I was helping and then when I realized what I was doing it for, you know, the lady that needed a house that needed it finished, you know, the people I met, the connections I made and the joy that we brought them, even though I hated painting, I, I had so much joy in that moment because of what I was doing for the, those people and the connections and friendships that I made. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so the first or second, second day, I think, is the day that we all just kind of like piled all the supplies on these tables so we can know what we're working with for the week and like some of that was like you know things fellowship you brought you helped bring like basketballs and sport bags and you know all sorts of things but I got to be like the fun parent on Christmas day and it's because of fellowship and I want you guys to know this um so I did a little research of what Mary and Ruben there are some of the missionaries that have been there um the longest mm. time of what they needed Cause like people come trips, teams come and, you know, pour into the lives of these kids and these pastors and these people. But I really felt this kind of call to be like, all right, how do we as a church really love on these um, missionaries that are there that are doing this day in and day out. So I'd wanted to bring a gift from fellowship to them. So that gift was a drill and it was a drill that had batteries that could be used all day and drill bits. Like something super simple, we may take for granted, um, but they really need it because in prior times, they're literally using screwdrivers and, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. um, so I tell Mary, um, as we're doing all this, I'm like, hey, Mary, I brought this drill. Um, where would you like me to put it so it doesn't get mixed up with all the crafts and paper and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, that's, that's great. You guys brought a drill and you'll take it back home with you. And I was like, no, this is for Ruben. Like I heard that this is on his wish list. And I mean, she almost started bawling her eyes out. Mm. And I was like, just so touched that this something we may take for granted meant so much. And so she starts yelling like, Ruben, Ruben, come, come. Um, and her sweet Brazilian accent awesomeness, um, love her. Um, and he comes and I, that was the first time I, the second time I had seen him that day. And I was like, hey, Ruben, I have this gift for you. And y'all, it was like, the two-year-old on Christmas morning and he just lit up and Ruben is not a man of many words from what I found in this trip. Maybe he is with people know more. And he was like, this is for me. Like fellowship would do this for me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'm taking it to the car right now. I don't want to lose it. So he like runs out of where we were and he passes Matt Jones and was like, I got a journal. And I was like, you know, that moment, I will never forget. Um, mm. And it, you know, it's nothing on me. It's what we as a church did for them. And I won't forget that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Amy. Let's, one more story. What, what brought you great joy on this trip? 
for me, it was seeing the um, adults in the bate, um getting great joy and smiling so happily um, with the kids playing and doing crafts. And mm. um, like in um, Bate Vrador in the afternoon, we made paper airplanes and there were several um, mothers, grandmothers there, and they were making paper airplanes and we were flying paper airplanes. And it sounds so simple, but paper airplanes were going out the windows and the people outside were grinning and smiling and trying to figure out mm. what was going on. So the joy that from the kids being so happy with simple things. That's awesome. Okay, so I, I have a question. Thanks, MC, for sharing that. I, I have a question that wasn't on the list that I sent y'all. As, as y'all were talking, I am reminded of the mission trips that I've been on before. And there's always these inside jokes or catchphrases that develop among teams. Uh, are there any of those that you would like to share with the rest of us so we can be in on the, on the, on the inside joke or story or phrase? Or are we just not mango. Sharing? mango? Mango is one. Mango. What was mango? Um, and, and what Mangos. I mean by that is um, sweet Matt Jones. He's the leader of the strip. He brought his four kids. So I will give a plug to families. If you want to bring your kids, bring them. We had a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And they just wanted mangoes from the, the side of the road, like the stand they'd gone for before. And oh, so yeah. we, we like got on that all week long like where's the mangoes and we finally got mangoes or she got mangoes they got a mango so mango mango and you will probably never be able to look or taste a mango again without thinking of the dr yeah any anybody else all right well i just threw it out just to see if there's anything anybody okay i'll, um, I'll share one more because it's really funny because okay. we talked about it you said you need to be flex flexible and flexibility so uh -huh. at the very end the last day we do this recap and um, I worked with Ruben one day and I just said to the group, like, Ruben, I'm really glad it was really honoring to see you flex. Well, people thought he, like, he really like flex, like your arm flex. So, I mean, <laughs> people lost it. And that, and that and you then, were very proud of him for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not at all. So I had to explain it. There was some explaining to do, but he may or may not now have a nickname named Flex. Um, awesome. so Fred, you started that. So you were, there's a touch of you in the Dominican. Awesome. 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 Well, uh, this might be fun for everybody to go around real quickly and um, uh, describe in one word or phrase what the DR means to you. I'll start it. Clarity is my word. Hmm. I got crystal clear clarity that that is where we as a church are to go and continue, um, at least in this season, especially with Haiti right. being close to clarity yeah. for sure. Yeah. Great. What else? Who else? Mine would be hope. Um, you know, the hope that we give and the hope that we get from that place is just, it's amazing. You know, we are examples of what Christ is to them, but they're also examples of what Christ is to us. And it gives this kind of, you know, like a perpetual engine of hope when you go down there because they're helping you, you're helping them and everyone walks away better than, when we arrived uh for me purpose i, I think mm -hmm. just going on a mission trip and, and and seeing everything we saw there i think it was um i mean 
the great commission, right? Go and make disciples. That's, that's what we are all called to do as believers. And, and I think it's, it's so cool going, uh, with an organization like world hope who, who, who sees and understands like the gospel is the most important thing and, and living that out in the way that we do what we do. Um, so purpose. That's great. Um, unity. And that's from the group of us from fellowship that went, we were together basically 24 seven. Mm. And um, there were no bickers. There was no no bickering, no arguments, no. Yeah, every now and then. But everybody accepted it, moved past it. And then the unity with um, everybody else in the group and the unity with the missionaries on the ground. Whatever they wanted us to do, we just did. Yeah. And if it weren't for the unity and the mindset we all had, it we wouldn't have accomplished any everything that we did. And we did a lot with a lot of people, a lot of kids. That's great. That's great. Thanks, Simpson. Ben, what about you? What's your word or phrase for the DR? Well, so I just had two words that make up one phrase. So the words are love and connection so connection so love connection cheesy game show oh yeah so uh, <laughs> but i agree with mary Catherine about <clears throat> the unity and that's kind of where my word connection comes from is like the connections that we made with the missionaries with one another the other short-term missionaries and then with the um with the haitians in the bates um even our bus driver that was pretty neat um, but so, and then one of the things that Weston and, and God, the local missionaries had mentioned, Weston was talking about how it matters who, who you do ministry with. And so, uh, so I agree with him in that. And uh, so, and then what God said about it, you know, being a missionary is that it's not necessarily that they, they just, the folks there just need love. And so that can come. I can come from anyone. I mean, we all have that ability. So, yeah. And I, I agree with him in that as well. Like just being able to be there. I don't, I don't speak French. So, but I do know how to love on folks and show them that I'm interested in them and that they matter and that they, you know, that, that they are made in the image of God, you know, and uh, that shows Christ's love to them. So love connection. That's great. Thanks, Ben. Uh, Amy, one more question to you before we shut down. Um, as you look to the future, what do you hope happens with our um, connection with the Bold Hope and the DR? Yeah, I really hope to take more people to go experience what we just got to experience. Um, so there's a trip coming up in March for adults and families. Um, if you want to bring families, there's also the plan is to go back twice a year. So another trip in the fall, I don't have that one planned out yet on the date, but that is for us as a church. And then there's a summer trip for students that Andrew neighbor will be leading uh, for high school mm -hmm. students. Um, and then also is just really to share the story of the child sponsorships where these youth sponsor a child for $45 a month. And that gives them nutrition, education, or nutrition, um, helps them get their documents um, they're working on that sponsorship, helping bus the middle schoolers and high schoolers to school 
and it's really making a difference. So child sponsorships and more trips. That's great. Well, team, thank you so much for doing this. If you're if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please hit like and subscribe. Uh, it does. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's good for you because you get um, reminders and notifications that we put out new content. It's good for us because it works some magic uh, with algorithms and more people get to see this content, which is great fun. So, so uh, church, I just want you to know, I love you. I love being the church with you and I'm excited to see what God's going to continue to do through our partnership with Bold Hope. So thanks y'all. Bye.